The Bible reading this morning is taken from John 15, 12, 17. This is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I've appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father may give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. This is the word of the Lord. Okie dokie. Now, am I on Dean? We're good, okay. I'm at least on in the headphones and uh, you, you all can hear me, maybe a little bit in the, in the speakers here, Dean, uh, just so, so that I can hear myself and uh, we are good to go. How are you all going? Mate, it, it feels, I think it feels almost even weirder uh, speaking to a room of 20 people than it does speaking to a room of zero people because I'm either used to everybody being here in the room together or um, it being me and a camera and the AV guys which has been the last, well, how long has it been now? A couple of months but uh, uh, I've just done something to my iPad, let's fix that. <laughs> um, but anyway, it is good to be here. I'm grateful that we've been able to have a few people upstairs. Um, I regret carrying Josiah while I walked upstairs because now I'm out of breath, but it's all good. Um, one other thing I wanted to let you all know about uh, before we get into the message today is that uh, our good friends Amy and Damon, Amy Harris and Damon Thompson, are getting married after having to delay their wedding. They're getting married next weekend. So Amy and Damon, we love you guys. And um, obviously because of the restrictions, they had to put it off and wait a while and they're having a small group of family together with them. But we love you guys and we want uh, you to uh, just enjoy the weekend. I know there's probably last minute things that are stressful in the coming week. But uh, remember, God is with you in this and marriage is his plan for you. And so we love you guys. Uh, be blessed. We, uh, we might even get to speak to some of you next weekend. We'll see how we go. Um, Alrighty, before we uh, take a look at this passage this morning uh, that has uh, just been read for us, I also wanted to extend a special welcome to some friends at the Bustleton Uniting Church uh, who are watching this uh, for their weekly message, uh, not right now as we're recording it in, on, on May 24th, but in early June. So uh, for all of you those, uh, all of you down there in Bustleton, uh, I hope you're enjoying the um, breezy weather down there and uh, looking after Andy and Tammy for us. There's uh, just a handful of us here in the Billabong this morning uh, in this room because we're gathered still in various groups and homes, as I'm sure you guys are as well. But it's great to be able to be with you in this way. And of course, anyone else who uh, might be worshipping with us online this morning, it's great to have you too. So uh, let's take a moment to uh, just to stop, to pray, and uh, then we'll have a look at God's Word together. Loving God, thank you so much for this passage of Scripture that we have read, that your command to us is to love one another, to lay our lives down. And Father, we pray that as we open this passage of Scripture, these words of Jesus this morning from John's Gospel, Lord, that you would open our hearts to receive what you have in faith 
that we would be obedient to your call to us, that we would obey your commandments and that we would please you and that good fruit would come from our lives. Father, thank you that this whole message is a message of your love towards us, that you call us friends. And so, Lord, we ask that you would help us to receive this and to put it into practice in our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said? Amen. Amen. Alrighty, so we here at the Billabong uh, have been reflecting for a number of weeks on John's Gospel, uh, chapter 15, verses 1 to 17, where Jesus talks about the vine and the branches as this metaphor, right? This metaphor for our relationship with him, he's the vine, we're the branches. Uh, But these final verses uh, that we've just read highlight that it's not just about relationship with Jesus, it's also about how his love for us is to extend to each other as well. In the, uh, the vine and the branch metaphor, uh, we can bear fruit and, it's, uh, and, and good fruit brings us overflowing joy. That's, that's what we've been learning uh, because we are connected to the vine and that's, that's the sole reason. Because we're connected to the vine, we can bear fruit, we can experience this joy. We remain, when we remain in his love, uh, we experience his joy that comes from his life flowing through our veins. So it's, this whole metaphor is actually a metaphor about God's love for us. That's, that's basically what it boils down to. Because of his love, we stay healthy, uh, we stay strong, we bear fruit, we get to experience joy. Even the difficult process of pruning, which we, talk, uh, we here at the Billabong talked about last week, uh, things being removed so that the connection to, to Jesus can strengthen, uh, that's still an expression of his love for us ultimately. He, he ultimately wants the best for us. But then Jesus says this. He says, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down your life for one's friends. This is what that love looks like, laying down your life for one's friends. If you, and you are my friends if you do what I command. If you kind of read this carefully, it, it almost seems circular. Like, to be a friend, you must obey me. To obey me, you uh, lay your life down. And to lay your life down is to be a true friend. Like, it's a circular pattern. But here's what I learned this week as I was studying this passage. Jesus establishing his disciples as friends is, is really, really significant in that context. A friend is far more than a, than a servant. Uh, a friend is far more than that. You don't get, uh, just get commands from when you're a friend from your master as a servant. You get to be in on their thinking, their plans, their heart. Um, the, the only two people in the Old Testament... Uh, that were ever called friends of God were Moses and Abraham. The only two people in the whole Old Testament, Moses and Abraham, and you know, two kind of uh, important figures in the, in the Hebrew Scriptures. Um, but here's the thing. They were friends of God because of his perfect love for them and then their obedience through faith in God. They couldn't kind of turn around and say, okay, I'm a friend of God, and God's my friend... If he does what I say, yes, I'm God's friend, but God's my friend if he obeys my commandments. Like, because their love for God was wobbly at best. That's an important theological term, wobbly faith. Right? It's not, not perfect. They, they fail God time to time. Uh, you may remember this scene in Genesis chapter 15 where God puts Abram into a deep sleep and there's this symbolic act that happens. God makes a covenant... He makes a life bond with Abram. Uh, 
the way that this would work in that period of time is that there would be animals and they would, they would cut the animals in half, they would spread them out so there'd be this path of blood, really kind of gruesome stuff. And the two parties making a promise, a covenant with each other, would walk towards each other through the path of blood um, and it would basically be saying, symbolising that should either party break the promise, break the covenant relationship, that the fate of those animals would come upon them also. But what happened in this scene with with God and with Abram was that, symbolised by a flaming torch and fire pot, um, God, only God, walks through the pieces, down the path, as Abram is put into a deep sleep. And what this was symbolising, what this showed, is that this perfect love and devotion only actually flowed one way. And God knew that. God knew that Abram and his descendants, Abraham as he would later become, and his descendants, all of us, would break the covenant. We would be unfaithful. We wouldn't hold um, our end of the bargain. But God would always be faithful. And so he walked the pieces. And so when Jesus says, you are my friends, you are the ones I lay my life down for, if you obey me and my commandments... It's not reversible. We can't turn around and say, Jesus, you're my friend if you do what I'm asking. God was never referred to as a friend by anyone, not by Abraham, not by Moses or anyone in the scriptures. Uh, To be a friend in this case, in this context, is, is a privilege made possible by the faithful love of God, by the faithful love of Jesus and our response to that, not the other way around. When it comes uh, to each other, though, our friendships with one another, our relationships with one another, I wonder if sometimes our unconscious mindset is like this. You are my friend. You are my friend if you do what I want. You are my friend. I'll love you. I'll lay my life down for you if I get the same in return, if you uh, show to me that you're worthy of that that there's conditions on our friendships, on our relationships. But Jesus doesn't actually leave that attitude open to us. He, Jesus, is the one, the only one, with that unconditional love, offering us life that produces love and joy and all the other fruit of the Spirit. It's actually kind of funny when you sit with this passage, when you uh, have a look at it, you, you, you can hear Jesus expecting his disciples expecting them to take this new status as friends and puff themselves up and get all proud about it. We're friends of Jesus. He gave his life for us. Look how special we are. But before they can go there, he says this. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I chose you and I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. So if that's the case, where does, where does this leave us? Well, we can't place ourselves in Jesus' shoes, saying to others, you're my friend and I'll lay my life down for you if... Dot, dot, dot. There's only one option that really Jesus has left for us, and it's this. this is my, and he finishes with this, just the final line. This is my command, love each other. This is my command, love each other. No ifs, no buts, no conditions. This is my command. Love each other. And he's the only one that can say that because he did it even though he was the one faithful to us, not the opposite way around. Lay your life down for each other. No ifs, no buts, no conditions. Because this is the love of God to us, it's, it's the love of 
Yahweh to Abraham, promising complete faithfulness when Abraham couldn't reciprocate it. It's the love of Jesus for us dying in our place while we were still sinners. It's because of that that Jesus can say, look, this is my command. I loved you first. God loved you first. So now you love others in that same way. What do, you, what do we think this would do for our relationships with one another? If, if we chose each and every day to lay our lives down. Um, Karen and I have been married almost seven years um, in September, on September 1st will be our seventh anniversary. We've been parents for half of that, almost half of that time, uh, or more than half of that time, I think. And uh, I don't know if you'd agree with me, sweetie, but I think if we've learned one thing, it's this. When we offer love and friendship based only on what we feel another family member deserves, not naming any names, um, our parenting goes downhill a little bit, our marriage goes downhill a little bit, because if we just offer love and friendship based on what the other person deserves, it just snowballs, there's grudges and, 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 and retribution, um, but this is a challenge, right? Anybody who has it really has a relationship or a friendship with anybody knows this to be true. You know, we have a certain uh, little person who's going through a phase right now, specifically the 36 to 48 month old phase, I'm saying it in these terms so he's not realizing I'm talking about him and sometimes I'm just I'm like he just doesn't deserve me being right now nice to him right now but if that was how I and Karen always responded he doesn't deserve it so we won't give it then obviously it wouldn't go too well but when we love each other as Christ loved the church in other words returning offense with unconditional love not returning eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, of course the whole world would be blind, but returning offence with unconditional love. Then any relationship, whether it's parenting or marriage, it's injected with life and with joy. And so what would our commitment to one another, what would our, our laying down our lives for one another in the church community look like? What, what would that do for us as, and, and our life together as the people of God? Now in particular, I think, is an opportunity for us to be doing this. Not conditional friendship, but unconditional and unrestricted commitment. Not kind of showing up when it's convenient, but serving wholeheartedly to bring joy to others. And, and in particular, not, what about them, Jesus? But, what can I do for them, Jesus? You remember Peter said, what about John? What about him? And Jesus said, don't worry about him. Here's what I want you to do. Because wouldn't you agree that laying our lives down for one another is a big commitment lived out in small ways day to day? It's not to say, oh, I'll lay my life down for you is not necessarily, if I have to take a bullet for you one day, I will. But other than that, I'll, I'll just wait. It's, it's little things day by day. It's sacrificing um, a little time to be with someone, a little convenience uh, for someone else. It's forgetting, sorry, for, forgoing some of the luxuries that we have to bless another. Not because they deserve it, not because it's a, um, uh, an exchange thing, but because it's just a taste of the love of Jesus for us. Um, I saw someone post this on Facebook the other day. I think this picture will work. Uh, yeah, when, you, when someone's going through a hard time, don't say, call me if you need anything. Rather say, I'm doing grocery shopping today. Send me your list and I'll drop it off on the way home. I'll fetch your kids from school this week. I made some dinner for you. What time can I drop it off? 
Um, I'm taking your kids to the movies so you can have an ar- the afternoon off. I know we can't do that right now and movies are still shut. But, but what is it that could be just a little laid down in my life rather than just, uh, hey, just call me if you need anything. Um, I want to finish this morning, and we said we finish in one minute time, so we're going a few minutes over, but uh, just a couple more minutes before we break up and have some discussion in groups. I want to finish with a picture of what this kind of love for each other might do in the church. Um, Karen and the boys and I were um, down at my parents' place recently, and it was that weekend where the big storm hit, not the one that's about to hit, as we are live here right now, but the one a few weeks ago. And um, my parents are just uh, south of Mandra, down in Dawesville, and so, you know, right near the coast, so it was really quite windy and stormy that night. Um, the next morning, I heard mum go out to the garden and go, ah, my passion fruit, because one part at least of her passion fruit vine, if we see the photo come up, uh, all the leaves were just shriveled up and just kind of torn apart by, by the storm, and um, she was a bit devastated by that. Um, and you meant she'd probably lose a lot of the fruit in the long term. But later that day, I was outside and noticed that another section of that same vine was completely fine. So here's just next to it. And it's, I mean, you can see over to the left, that's where it sort of get, got a bit damaged. But all this, perfectly fine. Wasn't damaged, really healthy still. And I said to mum, I said, why did that section survive? when uh, the other section, if we see next to each other, like that section was fine, that section's just been devastated. They were both hit by the storm in exactly the same way. There wasn't something sheltering it. What happened? And she said this, something like this. The branches that survived the storm best were those huddled together and supporting each other. They were also the ones growing close to the main trunk. It was the very new and small and immature shoots that were out at the ends of the bush that were most vulnerable and didn't survive the storm. I mean, this is, I think, a picture of what self-giving relationships with one another does. When a storm hits, we're protected. If we're close to the vine, first of all, and then if we're close to each other, nothing can harm us. There's a mutual protection. And those who are less connected and more vulnerable, weak and immature branches, they don't actually have to be vulnerable if they're in huddled together with the other stronger ones. It's if they're out on their own. It's if we're out on our own that we're more vulnerable. And here's what this tells me as well, that Christian maturity, Christian maturity is is not how long we've been walking with Jesus necessarily. It's not how familiar we are with the Scriptures. It's not how long we've been going to church or how deep our relationships are with... It's, it is how deep our relationships are, though, with the other branches. As we wrap up uh, this part of our celebration, uh, I want to encourage us to, to think about the importance and the value of our relationships with one another, our friendship with one another, not conditional things where we say... I'll, I'll lay down my life for you if, I'll do this for you if, but those friendships and relationships which are about mutual laying our lives down for one another, that we would be like those branches, intertwined, strengthening one, one another and uh, protecting one another. So that wraps up our celebration, this part of it for today. What we'd love you to do now is take a moment, remember that scripture was John chapter 15, uh, verses... Um, 
I'm, I'm just hearing the Billabong Kids session in the other room right now. John chapter 15, verses 12 to 17. Maybe read it again and have a discussion in your group about what the importance of relationship with each other is, how we can lay our lives down for another and why we might do that.